Hey everybody, welcome to This Woman Can. I am your host, Janice Sutherland, career strategist for the ambitious woman of colour who wants to have a career aligned with their values and professional priorities. Now, before we kick into this week's interview with Unique Sterling, um, I just want you to make look listen out for some of the key things I think she talked about in this interview, about how she used her transferable skills, how she was able to transfer her skills into, into doing what she wanted to do. Um, also talking about the fact she had what I call a get-you-by job, and it was a means to an end. It wasn't going to be just her career. And, you know, the conversation, the thing that stood out for me is the conversation that she felt she needs to have with those close to her, namely namely her husband, about when she was making the move and the transition. So it's a great conversation. I really hope you enjoy it. And I'd love to hear your feedback or who you think I should interview next or what questions you want to ask me about your own career transition. And don't forget, we have the monthly program, the free monthly five-day program, Change Your Career Without the Financial Fear, just to help you make some decisions or get over some of the fears that are associated with changing careers. It's not a money mindset program, but it will help you overcome some of the reticence you may have about making that next step in your career um, or making that pivot or whatever transition you want to face. And you can find out more about the program by visiting my website, JaniceSutherland.com for more details and to sign up for the next cohort. So I want you to sit back, grab your coffee, the cup of tea, whatever your favourite tipple is, and enjoy this week's interview. Hey everybody, and welcome again to This Woman Can. Now I'm a little bit excited. I'm a little bit excited with by my guest this week. My guest is Unique Sterling Russell. And she was born and raised in Jamaica. But what I'm really intrigued about is that she moved to Sweden. Now, Jamaica, Sweden, I already commented on her polar neck and how cold she was making me feel. But we're going to find out a little bit more what prompted her move and uh, what she does out in Sweden. Now, Nanique is an experienced communications professional with over 10 years experience in the field. Her communications career began as a journalist with The Gleaner the oldest newspaper in the English-speaking Caribbean, where she worked as a staff reporter. And I know the Gleaner very well, even when I was in the UK. Honing <laughs> her writing skills at the newspaper, Unique pursued a career in public relations, a role which she enjoyed for seven years prior to moving to Sweden. In her role as PR officer, Unique led the corporate communications functions of the Shipping Association of Jamaica, and later joined the PR team for the regional organization, the Caribbean Shipping Association. Since moving to Unique, since moving to Sweden, sorry, Unique has worked in roles across retail and social media, with her most recent role being community management assistant for a cosmetic company, expanding her experience in digital marketing and digital content strategy. Now, you really see this expertise come out to play on Instagram because Unique also has a personal blog, which I am a follower, dedicated follower, where she explores the world of beauty and skincare. She's also a very bright woman, very clever woman, as she holds a Master of Arts in Communication for Development from Malmo University, Sweden, and a BA in Mass Communication from Northern Caribbean University, Jamaica. And she's also a certified, in, certified English as a foreign language and business English teacher. 
oh, unique. <laughs> it unique. sounds a lot when you say it like that. Yeah, and when you hear it back to you, you kind of think, is that me? Who, me? True, yes. You know, so definitely welcome, welcome, welcome to This Woman Can. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, as I said, I was really intrigued about the move from Jamaica to Sweden because it's not the normal transition, not, not, not the usual migrant journey you see, from, especially from Jamaica. I'm not going to be cliched, but we know it's usually the UK or Canada or the US. So yes. <laughs> to us, how did you end up in Sweden? This is such a, a funny story to me now because I have had to tell it so many times. But this year I learned a fancy word for it. I'm a love immigrant. Oh, okay, <laughs> tell us more. Now we want to hear this. <laughs> so my husband is Jamaican too. Okay. Um, but he, he left Jamaica um, in his early 20s. He moved to the UK first and then he moved over to Sweden to study. And he stayed. <laughs> um, so we met in Jamaica because he actually moved back to Jamaica for a couple of years. And we happened to work for the same company. Okay. I tell it this way because <laughs> I work for the parent company. He worked for the subsidiary. Right, right, right. So we're located in the same building and his uh, general manager happened to be my friend and she introduced us at lunch. Okay. And uh, the group of us started having lunch together every day. And, um, you yeah, know, we got to know each other. And uh, now I'm here in Sweden. <laughs> I, I'm still I'm still getting my head around Sweden. I, I'll be honest. I'm still getting my head around Sweden. So for you, I mean, you know, it's a transition to make because it wasn't, I mean, 2015, it wasn't really that long ago. No, it's kind of transition. Weird. You already had an established career, you know, yes. where you were. <laughs> So what were the challenges for you moving, you know, not only to um, a non-English speaking country, yeah, and finding, you know, and really restarting your career. I'm really curious about that. What were the challenges you experienced doing that? I mean, it's, a, it's not been the easiest of journeys, I will say. Um, the greatest barrier being the the language. Swedes mm. um, do speak a lot of English, and if you're not careful, you will scrape by speaking English only. But the truth is, my my career did not transition here largely because of the language barrier. Most companies, even if they were hiring someone um, with uh, English skills, they still wanted you to be able to speak Swedish. And so, because of that, I wasn't able to transition into journalism or PR at all. Um, even the local English-speaking newspaper, I applied there and they said, unfortunately, you, you have to be able to speak Swedish too because you have to basically understand the news in yes. Swedish so you can yes. write it in English. Yeah. Uh, so that was um, a huge deterrent for me. And, um, you know, I, I had an established career in Jamaica, an established network. Mm. I did, you know, explore working... Um, for a Jamaican company locally, but it, it didn't work with um, having a family, the six or seven hour uh, time zone difference, depending on the time of year. Yes. So it didn't work very well for me. And um, so, yeah, I had <laughs> no choice but to try and learn the language as best yeah. as I can, which I get by very well now, um, but still I'm not at native level and I'm not sure I see myself getting to native level. <laughs> So um, I've had to pivot 
Yes, <laughs> yes, most definitely, most definitely. So talk to us about the pivot. My, 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 you know, the program is all about women, women of color, <laughs> making that pivot, which is why I was obviously so curious about you. So what we, you, journalism to PR, mm. some may say there's some synergies, some synergies in it, but what was mm. your process for making that pivot? How did you decide uh, that's the way to go? From journalism to public relations? Yes. Well, actually, um, the the truth is PR paid more than journalism did. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a good start. <laughs> PR paid more than journalism did at the time. When I when I completed my studies, I, I wanted my spe- area of specialization is television. I wanted to work in television production. I actually also wanted to, you know, be an anchor woman reading the news. I wanted to be okay. the next Helene Colin Nicholson. <laughs> But during my years in university, my lecturers always said, um, uh, we don't think you have a news voice. I have more of a sultry tone to my voice. So they thought radio was better for me, but I was determined to be in TV production. And I did get an opportunity to work in TV for internship. I even worked with a local cable station. I had my own TV show. And then um, I had an opportunity to work with TVJ, but there was going to be a delay. And um, I got the opportunity to work with the, the Gleaner and I took the opportunity. Um, there was a learning curve for me naturally because my area was television. Um, I had learned to write for TV and that was so ingrained in me. So I had to learn to write for print, even though I did do it in my program. I spent most of my time doing TV. Um, so I worked in um, as a journalist at the Gleaner for a while, first as a, a news on the news desk. And then I realized that I actually preferred um, the magazine style writing for lifestyle. So I switched right. to lifestyle. Okay. And I think PR was just, an, I had a natural knack for it uh, as, a, as a people person. Um, I would say I'm the, people have always told me that I am a diplomat and, you know, I really should be working <laughs> in that area. So as something that came natural to me, eventually I was a single parent at the time. Uh, I had to make a decision that was best for me and my son. And that was to take a job that paid more. (laughs) Right, right. You know, and I love the fact that you said that PR pays more than journalism, because quite often when women think about making that pivot, they automatically Mm -hmm. think that they're going to take a uh, they're going to take a drop in salary. They're going to have to earn less. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I do my um, change your change your career without financial fear program, because I talked mm-hmm. to him about it's not always about the money. That's the reason why you're going to change. So it's really refreshing to hear you say that you made that pivot because it paid more. It paid more. Uh, journalism was my first love. As I said, television, I wanted I had dreams of, you know, yeah, um, producing and directing movies. I really mm-hmm. wanted to do that. Um but at that place in time, um, being a young single mom, having moved from the countryside to the big city, <laughs> I'm the capital naturally, because that's where all the work um, in television, that, that you know, yeah. you're going to work in television, has to be Kingston, you know. Um, and, you know, all the, the, the challenges, the financial challenges that came with moving to the big city, I had yeah. to make that decision to um, take a job that paid more, that would allow me to provide more for my child. Right, right. Totally understand. Totally understand. So thank you for share. Thank you for sharing that. And then you got into beauty. Oh, beauty. I love this part of my story. 
it's the favorite part of my life story, honestly, because um, so growing up, you know, you'd see your parents with makeup, your mom yeah. with makeup. And one summer I went to, I didn't grow up with my mom. I would see her for summer holidays. And one mm. summer I went to visit her and she had this nice little pouch with makeup stuff. And there was this magic lipstick. I don't know if you recall, they were either blue, green. Yes, yes. Strange <laughs> color. <laughs> yeah, it, it came red on the lips. And I was yeah. just like, how does this green thing or this blue thing turn red on the lips? And it stayed forever. So I sneaked it right. and I couldn't get it off. <laughs> I was trying to hide from my mom. I didn't want her to know that I had, you know, tried her lipstick, but it stayed on. So of course I got caught. So just the magic of that moment, literally with that magic lipstick, it triggered something in me. I wanted to learn more about this. So um, I got into like lip gloss, but clear lip gloss and clear mascara. <laughs> that was a thing wow, back in the day. I, remember, I do remember that. You give me flashbacks now. <laughs> give me flashbacks. Right. So, you know, I, I wanted to experiment. And then when I was 16, I entered a beauty pageant, Miss Teen St. Elizabeth. So then I got to play with makeup more during that pageant. And it kind of stuck with me. I wanted to, you know, study makeup artistry because now that I got a taste for it, I wanted mm -hmm. to learn more. But my mom was adamant that, you know, you need to go to school for a degree, not that, yes. a degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did do the degree. And um, when I was working at the Gleaner, actually, and I switched to the lifestyle desk, um, I started writing stories about makeup. Like, so I started writing right. beauty stories. Right. So right. I started makeup artists and so on. And um, then it just really got more and more interesting for me. And, and I did a one on one makeup course just to learn how to apply my own makeup properly. And then eventually I did do uh, an entire makeup course. Um, and then I worked as a, a makeup assistant for a little bit. And, but then my career was just really pulling me yes, <laughs> in another yes, direction. Yes, yes. So I let it go and focused on my career, but I was always looking quite beautiful in my own makeup. Mm, mm. <laughs> and um, moving to Sweden, um, the transition, it, it took a toll on my mental health, to be honest. And uh, I decided to, um, you know, reignite this passion of mine do something mm -hmm. for myself that I felt good about and um, that's how I started my blog in 2018 just for fun just me experimenting with new colors um, trying to find makeup for dark-skinned women in this yeah. country yeah that's, that's going to be one of my questions but yes yeah yes that was difficult too so it was more of a journey of finding products that work for me there was a time my husband traveled quite a bit for work. So he would always buy my makeup in the airport. I would write a list. Right. Well, yes. Yeah. Where well, you wanted Cinema, Cinema, Cinema Hunt. So yeah, that, that is how I got back into beauty. And, um, and this is where I am now. Excellent. Excellent. I love the story. I love the story, Anique. Thank you so much for sharing. So what do you wish you had known, you'd known about um, when you embarked on that transition, that pivot? What do you wish you'd known more of? The journey to Sweden or um, the makeup? Good question. The journey to Sweden. Let's do the journey to Sweden. Well, the journey to Sweden, what I really wished, like um, in my research about Sweden, um, there was lots of good information there. And I wish that in that year before I moved, 
that I had started studying the language then. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> I wish I had started studying the language then and not wait until I arrived here because then it was just this huge shock. Um, and also, um, yeah, that, that's it. I wish I had started yeah, learning the language yeah, before yeah. moving here. I think that would have better prepared me. Um, <clears throat> but that didn't happen. And um, so the culture shock also... Um, though, you know, I did get fair warning, but no amount of fair warning could have prepared you yeah. once you arrived. It was just there and you you had no choice but to, you know, yeah. you know, try to make the best of it. Yeah. So so you talk about culture shock. What was the biggest thing? You know, what were the things that really kind of stood out for you? Thought, Whoa, have I done the right thing here? <laughs> well, the first thing I would say is that. I come from the Caribbean. I'm Jamaican. We're friendly. We say hello to people. We smile yeah. at people. Yeah. I came here and I was smiling and saying hello. And people were looking at me like I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, and then someone said, oh, no, you don't talk to people at the bus stop or at the train station. They will think you're crazy. Swedes do not like small talk. Yeah. I said, it's not about small talk. I genuinely would say good morning. And how are you doing? Yeah. Or how was your day? Yeah. It's it's just who we are as a people. It's yeah, the, yeah. it's not small talk to us. It may seem a small talk to someone, but there is a someone else, but there is a genuine concern. How are you doing today? Because yeah, yeah. sometimes just having that little bit of conversation with someone can change their day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm quite big on that, especially as a country girl. <laughs> I couldn't pass people on the street and not say hello. Yeah. So I had to run fast. Uh, don't say hello to people at the the train wow, station don't, wow. don't start up conversations with people they will not respond they will think you are crazy people yeah. just look back at me like yeah I'm like okay so yeah. I away. yeah and, and, that it's was funny, the and it's funny you say that because the uh, England's a little bit like can be a little bit like that so for mm-hmm. me it was the shock of coming here and everybody said hello everybody <laughs> walked in the room and said good night you know, yes. well, first of all, good night when it's in the day, when it's in the evening, I'm like, good night, it's my bedtime, you know, so I got, <laughs> I've got used to that. I've got used to that now. But, you know, there was this element of, you know, you walk in a room and you address everybody. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's a global, how is everybody? It's politeness, you know? Right. So I can, yeah. Right. So I can see how when you're doing that and it's almost like being rebuffed, you know, yes. what is, what is, you know, what is wrong and, and things like that. So I can totally understand um, how that's been. I think I'd find it strange now if it didn't happen. Yes, it, it was shocking. You know what? The, the second culture shock for me was um, the supermarket. <laughs> we're spoiled in the Caribbean. I'd say we're spoiled in Jamaica. So normally when I go grocery shopping in Jamaica, someone would pat my bag. They would put it on the trolley and push it to my car. <laughs> in Europe now, love. <laughs> no, and... and I was just like, There's nobody packs my bags. Okay, so I had to pack my bag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to pack my bag, and I was just like, okay, this is a shock. Um, pumping my own gas. That was a shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Europe. <laughs> I was like, you people are missing so many jobs. Do you know that someone would get paid to do this in Jamaica? And like, so many small jobs that are missing here but I but I understand why they are missing yeah but that was a huge shock for me <laughs> yeah no I can I can I can imagine and I again it was reversal for me because I'm used to doing all of that and I'm like what are you doing my shopping what, what do you mean you're packing my bag 
you know how to yeah. pack my bag. I like my bag packed a certain way, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I can understand the reverse, <laughs> the, re- the, re- the reverse <laughs> of that. <laughs> So thank you, thank you for that, from Unique. So for me, just, just for our audience, describe one of the biggest, cha- one of your biggest challenges in your career, and how you overcame it, and the lessons learned. Probably in the latter part of your career when you transitioned. Uh, I think the biggest challenge for me was learning to take my career digitally. Um, I had gotten so used to going to an office, working a nine-to-five, and it was never nine-to-five because you would always bring work home. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, I liked the camaraderie with colleagues and um, just being in a space of work. And once you get there, you you get into that frame of mind to work. Mm. And it, it was, you know, so coming here, not being able to transition to pardon me, either journalism or public relations, figuring my way out. That's why I went and got certified to teach English because yeah. I felt that it was a way for me to earn an income um, uh, using my skills, you know, yeah. even though it wasn't PR or, or journalism. Um, so I did teaching for a while. And then I realized that I actually, then I decided to do the master's because I thought it would give me this extra extra push. Right, right. Um, which it did help, but I realized that at the end of the day, it wasn't going to be so easy to get a job in a big company doing what mm. I wanted to do. And so I had to create a space for myself and become a consultant and use my talent in that way. So that was the biggest challenge and transition for me. And I'm at that place now where I have, um, I was doing it freelance before. Um, but you get more respect when you have your website and all of these things. And so I finally went ahead and registered a business for myself and okay. have started that consultancy now. So it's very new, yeah. but I've done it and I feel good about it because I feel like um, it adds to what I have been doing before. Right, right. So share with us what the consultancy is. What have you now kind of fully fledged yourself and thrown yourself into <laughs> wholeheartedly? So when we talk about pivoting, um, so I started with Instagram doing the blog for myself and yeah. communications has, you know, have always been at, heart, at the heart of my career, whether it was journalism or PR, you know, being a communicator, that's who I am. And um, when I did ComDev, I initially did ComDev because uh, community com- <laughs> communication for development, ComDev yeah. for sure. I, I did that because I was hoping to work with the UN. Um, because also community service has always been a part of me. I was in Rotaract, worked with Rotary. Right. I did a lot of community service myself. Um, so I thought that would have been a very good transition for me. And the UN's headquarters is in Denmark, which is literally across the bridge for me because I'm close. I'm, I live in the south of Sweden. Um, but I tried that. It didn't happen. And um, so I decided... Uh, just from the experience with social media, having my own blog, I did a social media course. I had to decide what area in communication I really wanted to work with, what worked well with my personality and complemented my skills. And I realized that social media was it. And so I started um, as a community management assistant. Um, when I worked in retail, I worked for a French brand. And at the 
when we met and had the interviews, they knew of my qualifications and what I could do. They knew my background. And so the door was always open that if an opportunity arose, they would, you know, you know, get, um, bring me into corporate. Um, it didn't materialize in the way I had hoped, but I still was given the opportunity mm. to work along with the digital um, marketing manager. And I learned a lot doing that. And eventually I did a social media management course and continued to assist when I quit the job in retail. I continued to do right. that work. Community management, um, a lot of people ask me, what is community management? And I say, I'm the PR person for your digital brand. Nice. <laughs> because because I, I, um, it, it works in a lot of different ways for people, but in what I do now specifically, I'm the person managing your, your DMs, making sure that responses and respond to your your customers in a timely fashion provide all the information they need yeah. i'm also responding to comments yeah. um i'm monitoring your, your comments and monitoring discussions about the brand online in, a, in yeah. the digital space so yeah. i have my ear to the ground so i know what's happening and i'm able to repair your brand's reputation quickly if there is a negative conversation happening in this space right. and i'm and that in between yeah, person yeah right between the customer and the brand so i get i fix things quickly um bring it to the attention and we fix it immediately and help to build brand loyalty actually yeah. so that is what i do now and um i really like that area because uh, as i said it ties in so well with my pr background mm, mm, that's right i can <laughs> see that straight away because you also have to speak in the brand voice it's not just a case of responding. You have to speak as if you were the client and things like yeah. that. So, and like you say, almost massage PR, dare I say, yeah. kind of massage in a situation sometimes when, yeah, things so exactly. when things are going a little bit awry. So I can definitely see how it's tapped into that skill set. And that's a great, that's a great example of transferring your skills. Because quite often we don't think about the innate skills or our superpowers, I like to call them. There's things we take for granted and there's the things that we've learned professionally and we sometimes struggle to how can we how can we transfer them to another to another to another career, especially this this stage of the game where we think, should we know what we want to do already by now? So mm -hmm. I think that's a great example of transitioning. It is because when I said to somebody, you know, I wanted to work with social media, that they're like, it's that's something for young people. Yeah, like, yeah. And kids. I was like, do you really understand <laughs> social media and how it works? And you understand that even if you are 40, you can still work with social media because there are certain skills that you have acquired over the years that can be applied. And as I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the PR for your brand. Yeah. Um, no one knows who I am, but I'm there responding. They know that I'm the person who response to all their queries and make sure everything is taken care of the brand knows i'm responsible for their image their digital image and everything is going well you need someone for that and uh, i'm not saying that a younger person can't handle that but i'm saying as an older person you also bring a certain level of experience to that position because you have done it before in another in in, in another career in, in another part of your career because when i worked in pr I, it was business to business hmm. I have a lot of experience talking to, to um, the, the business customer, yeah. but in, in another, um, when I do my own social media, I, I'm basically building a community. So I know how to maintain a community, how to keep the community happy. And yeah. those are the skills that I have combined to, to do this consultancy. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm also teaching, uh, I'm offering business English and general English uh, for those who need to, you know. 
come up a little in their English. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Now, we're going I'm speaking with Unique Sterling and we... And we break for a quick word from our sponsors. It's not easy to make a mid-career change and it can be even harder if you don't know what or where to start. If we could go back in time and give our younger selves some advice about how to find happiness in our careers, we would tell ourselves that the key is finding work that matches your values. But in reality, life gets in the way and our career needs become secondary. And when we do feel to make a change in our life, we hesitate. And for most women, this can be a stressful time as they tell themselves they can't change because of finances or maybe they'll fail doing something new. Change Your Career at the Financial Fear is my free five-day program that helps women take control of their careers and life by helping them see the real cost of staying stuck versus taking action towards reaching their goals. This isn't another money mindset program. This is about taking the time to redefine how you think about your personal and professional value and by investing time in yourself now so you can confidently make the best possible decisions for your future sooner rather than later. This program will open your eyes to what it's really costing you to stay stuck and get practical steps to accelerate towards your goal. The program runs monthly and you can register by visiting JaniceSutherland.com. And now back to this week's episode. Are back, Unique. Thank you so much for sharing so much with us so far. So, a few more questions for me because I am of the curious mind. <laughs> um, how you know you you made it sound? Dare I say, not so challenging. Um, that transition. You know, I'm that's I'm reading between the lines here. Oh, but, um, there's I'm sure a lot of challenges. That's what I want to know about. I'm thinking PRing myself. <laughs> doing a very good job I can see what they pay you the big bucks so um so tell us tell us a little bit how has failure made a positive difference in your life ah I would say it's made a huge difference um I know that I am I'm very hard on myself Hmm. and so oftentimes I think I'm not doing enough I'm not doing well enough like I feel like sometimes I'm failing um but I am happy I have people in my life who remind me that I'm not failing. Um, I will say um, part of why I am the way I am and why I'm so determined is because um, when I was 17, I, I became pregnant right. and I had a, my child at 18. And that was a pivotal moment in my life because who who am I now? I had so many dreams, as I said mm. um, Working in television has always been a part of my dream. Um, and I thought, oh my God, my life is over. What am I going to do now? I'm, I'm still a child. And now I have a child that I'm responsible for. It was it was very a very difficult time mentally for me during that pregnancy and having my child and trying to figure out what would I do with my future. Um, but having him was my motivation, actually, because I realized I didn't have time to fail. I had um, someone else who was depending on me, looking right. to me to, you know, pave a path to provide. And so I just went head on full hundred, as we would say in Jamaica, into my studies and getting that degree and then full hundred into finding that job. And for me, as I said, that at the time it was important that 
it, the salary was important mm. for me because I did have that television offer, but the salary would not have uh, provided. So I said, okay, mm, no, let's move to where yeah, <laughs> I can sure. um, be more, uh, more independent. And um, so that was one, that's how failure, because I felt like I failed at that point yeah. in time, yeah. um, you know, pushed me into a career and just gave me that push I needed to succeed. And uh, once I had that taste of success, graduating university after having my son, yeah. finding that job, I, even in the moments when I wasn't doing as well as I would like, mm-hmm. I knew that I could be, yeah. I could get back to where I wanted to be because yeah. I, I had that, exp- I'd done it before. Yeah. <laughs> I had that taste of success before. So when I moved to Sweden and I couldn't find a job and my first, my first four months here, I had to be home with my young son because my husband and I had a child before I had that child in Jamaica and then I moved with him and um, I had to wait four months for him to get a space in daycare. And so I'm used to being busy doing work. I'm not used to being home and I always said I'm a career woman I'm not a stay-at-home yeah. kind of woman I'm not a homemaker yeah. <laughs> that is not me um, but then I suddenly became a homemaker and that that was like okay who am I in this space yeah, um, yeah. So, you know I had to deal with that and then he started going to daycare and I started Swedish school and I went to what they call Swedish for immigrants for six months and I was like I, I cannot do this I need to be earning I'm not used to having someone mm-hmm. else provide for me yeah. because yeah. I've always been providing for myself and um so I started my first first job in Sweden was doing dry cleaning and people were like how do you go from PR to dry cleaning <laughs> <laughs> and I said because my mother told me that an honest bread is the best bread mm-hmm. and it didn't matter what I did for a living at that moment, as long as I was earning that living honestly. And that's something my mother instilled in me growing up. And I I didn't come from, you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. My mother worked as a living helper for a family that lived in England. Um, So, and I saw my mother live with that family, I think 15 years or something working for them. And then she also had a very entrepreneurial spirit. So she was always selling um, ground provisions and fruits and stuff like that, you know, in her own free time to make money. So that's what I grew up seeing my mom do. So I never thought myself better than doing that job. My mom wanted better for me, definitely. But I I didn't see it as, I knew that even though I was working as a, a, a dry cleaner at the time, um that wasn't going to be it mm-hmm. for me this is yeah. just a way to get my foot into the yeah. system earn an yeah. income learn the language some more and move on up and I did that for the time I needed to do it yeah. then I applied to university to do my master's and uh all in that time I also did my my TEFL certificate and I started working at the international school as a student assistant mm-hmm. um and I did that until uh, after I completed the master's and um yeah yeah <laughs> eventually no. working in retail yeah yeah and I and I always call those jobs we've all done them I call the get you by job because yeah, the was- job that gets you by you have it's not your career but you know you have you know it's a means to an end to where you want to get to and we've I've done some jobs that you know not quite dry. in fact my worst one was actually um demonstrating steam cleaners in a supermarket 
you know <laughs> so you know we all did something to get to where we would to, to get to where we need to get to and it doesn't define us in fact i think it actually makes us more appreciative of the mm -hmm. of the of the journey i i do believe so because for me at the time too um when i took that job i said to my husband i need a job that i don't have to think yeah because now i'm actually yeah. trying to figure out where am I going to go in life? What career path am I going to follow? Because I don't feel like the career that I have spent so many years building will work here. Who, who yeah. will I become? That was, an, yeah. that was a question I asked him before I moved here. I said, what if I get there and my career doesn't transition and I don't become the woman you met here, mm. like in yeah. terms of career? Question. Yeah. If I don't become that woman again, will I still be enough for you? will wow. you still want to be in this relationship? Because yeah. I need to know that before I give up my life here. It's a great question. And he said, it's not about what I do, it's who I am as a person. And so <laughs> I said, okay. And, um, and true to his word, he is, whatever job I have done here, nothing has ever changed on his side. Yeah. His support has always been there and he's always been pushing me to do more yeah. to, because he, he knows I have more in yeah. me. And, and he's been such a, a pillar of support, a rock for me, actually, um, these last six years. And um, that even when I feel tired, <laughs> because you do get tired, <laughs> mm. um, I, his support, you know, gives me that extra energy I need to just push and, and, and do what I need to do. Excellent. And we, and we, and we, you know, and we need to have those conversations, those challenging conversations up front. We can't avoid those type of conversations because you said it has, it has a, such a huge impact on where you go next. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I admire, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it was a question I needed to ask because, um, you know, I, I know stories of so many people who leave Jamaica at high levels, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, management level, senior management level, and they move to another country and they never get back to that yeah. senior management level. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is that even when I compare the salary that I was earning working at that dry cleaning store, it was more money than I was actually earning in my job in PR. Right. Wow. Because, well, here they pay a living wage. So I was earning yeah. more money um doing this job compared to what my salary was um the PR yeah. and what I would say also is um I made more money at that job than I made as a teaching as a teacher's assistant at the, wow. at the national school yeah. and more money than I worked earned in retail wow wow go figure go figure, go figure. it was a it was a a high paying job. Yeah. So that was a good salary. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't the job that I wanted to, yeah. to do. Yeah. I, I had other skills that I wanted to use. And so I had to push through and um, move towards that. Excellent. Excellent. So we're coming down to our last few questions, Unique. Um, <laughs> so we've talked about failures, but what has been your biggest career triumph? Oh, I would say starting this business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been something that um, 
I always say to my mom, I wish you had taught me, you had passed on, you know, your, your knack for entrepreneurship. You didn't yeah. teach me that. You, you taught me to go for a piece of paper all my life. It was get that piece of paper, that piece yeah. of paper, yeah. the CXC passes, yeah. Yeah. the degree, and so on. And I chased a piece of paper. Um, but my husband likes to say uh, we were colonized to work for someone else. The mind was colonized that we yeah, had to get a good job, get a good job. Time. Right. It was always, you get the piece of paper, then you get the job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think I was groomed to work for somebody. So the risk to work for myself, whew, yeah. I, I wasn't sure I could take that risk. Yeah. I wasn't, um, but I, I, I had to bet on myself and on my skills because I, I happened to work with a lovely, lovely woman who, you know, says to me, like, I don't think you realize how great you are at this job. Yeah. Like do it, do it, yeah. do it. Um, so I had the encouragement of, of good people around me and I finally took the leap of faith and um, started this consultancy. So this, I'd say that this is, um, yeah, my proudest moment too. <laughs> Fabulous. And well done. Well done. Well done. So you need share with us a success quote or a mantra that you use and why it's meaningful to you. Mm, that's a tough one. I haven't thought of one actually. I think um, when I, I think one thing that has always guided me, and I mentioned it just now, my mother said, "An honest bread is the best bread." Yeah. And um, I think that's something that's been with me my whole life, and it's something I've passed on to my own children. An honest bread is the best bread. Um, yeah, I think that is it. It's, it's a very defining quote for me. Yeah. And um, it means that even if I have to take a step back from what yeah. I really want to do and do yeah. something else, yeah. I can do it as long as I'm earning a, an honest living. Yeah. And, and then I can always come back to what, yeah. it, what it is that I really want to do. So that, that quote, I would say. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. And what three things would you say you've learned about yourself during your career? Mm, that I am the ultimate diplomat. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where your diplomacy skills come into come into play. When you are dealing with customers, whether they're B two B customers or B two C customers, listen. You have to make sure that you are always professional. Make sure that you are on brand. Yeah. Uh, it's a thing in the Caribbean where we say the customer is always right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's how you um, how you are able to handle a situation to get to uh, an amicable place with the customer. Mm. I think I think that's it. Mm. Um, and to smooth over situations yeah. so they don't explode into something else. You know, uh, I think that that is one superpower I have. I, I guess it's the Libra in me. I, I like balance. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm always balancing everything. <laughs> and I, I PR my friends too, and possibly my family. It's, it's just a natural. <laughs> I do it without even thinking. <laughs> um, I am resourceful. Okay. Um, if I don't know something, I will find it out. I don't profess to know everything there is to yeah. know about community management or social media, but I can guarantee you that I will learn it right. quickly too. 
and then I will get to that level immediately and not immediately but I will get there quickly yeah Yeah. so I'm very resourceful and um I would say I am I'm loyal okay okay (laughs) nice three so diploma diploma diplomatic resourceful and loyal those are your three those are your three (laughs) so where would we find you on a Saturday morning at 10 a.m (laughs) <laughs> I'd probably have just come home from the gym okay. <laughs> my Saturday mornings are reserved for um my spinning class yeah yeah we so have spinning and if it's not spinning um I'm walking through the forest mostly in the summertime okay um but I, I think at 10 a.m I would have just completed a, a gym class and I'd be home probably having my smoothie <laughs> excellent very healthy very very healthy <laughs> Fabulous. Just post-workout smoothie, you know, you need that protein. (laughs) (laughs) And what does success feel like to you, Unique? Success for me is being true to myself and my calling. I find that so often we bend to society or we bend to our family or to expectations Mm. in general. And I I have lived that life where I I was doing everything that everyone wanted me to do. I was becoming who everyone wanted me to become. And I wasn't being true to myself and I wasn't happy. I wasn't, Mm. if I'm honest, I wasn't happy. Yeah. But success for me is being true to myself, being true to my calling and using my skills in a way that enhances my life, my career. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. <laughs> I love that answer. So that was my last <laughs> official question. But if people want to know more about what you do, follow you, get you know, find out more about Unique, how can they do that? Okay, so I am on Instagram and my handle is at Yannick Sterling. Um, but I also have my website, which is qbusinesssolutions.se. And um, you can contact me via my website or you can reach out to me via Instagram. <laughs> Excellent. And I'll be sure to put the links in the show notes. So you mm-hmm. Sterling, that was fabulous. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I've also enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation there. And there were so many great takeaways. Well, definitely for me, so many things that I was intrigued by that I really, really enjoyed listening and hearing about. Um, The get you by job. um, Yeah, we've definitely all had one of those at some point. And there's no harm in it. As long as you know, it's not the it's not the end goal. It's not the destination. Um, You know, we have to do some things when we keep in we bear in mind should i say the end goal of what we need to be doing and i like i said i was very keen the fact that she had to have those important conversations very clear on what she wanted um from her husband and all too often we really do struggle with having those clear conversations about our needs our wants and desires and we expect those around us to really pick up on it and be in tuned when actually we need to be really clear on what it is we want 
Now, a lot of that stuff I talk about, I talk about in the Change Your Career Without the Financial Free, a free five-day program. And that runs monthly. And you can always find out more details about the program by visiting my um, visiting my website, JaniceSutherland.com. However, if you've got to the point where you are ready, where you think now, you know, I'm not fearful, I just need support, I need the help in order to change my career, then the reinvention blueprint for women of colour is definitely the programme for you and something you should something you should avail yourself of. It is my signature six-week program. And the only program that I know that's specifically designed for professional corporate women of colour, because it'll give you all the information, the tools, support you need to help you through your life changing career decision. Because, you know, we need all the help we can get to make the decision decision right. As I said, it's a live six week virtual cohort program. You get coaching assessments, you get skills playbook, you get to build and create your own personal blueprint, your own plan for your next career, your next career move. And you get the community, you get the community of other high achieving mid career women who are on a journey to find their fulfilling career and align values just like you. Now, if you're listening to this in real time, then the next cohort is in March, March 2022. And you're more than welcome to come on board. If you want to have a chat with me, just visit my website, JaniceSutherland.com and go to the click the tab for reinvention blueprint and book some time for us to have a chat and discuss how the reinvention blueprint can help you with your next career chapter. So I am signing off for today. Um, I really hope you enjoyed the interview, Unique. Remember, you can find lots more interviews um, on the YouTube channel or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And until next time, remember, if I can, you can, this woman can. Take care until next time.